Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today we're going to talk about hypnotherapy. There's definitely a lot of misconceptions out there. So I'm here to kind of clear that up. Um, generally, just kind of a starting point when I'm working with people doing hypnotherapy as one of the, the many tools that I, I work with people. Usually I see it kind of like a, a blend of sort of like talk therapy, but it's also like meditation combined because I know a lot of people kind of think when they think of hypnotherapy, they're probably like thinking more like stage hypnosis, which is a much different thing where someone's going to an entertainment show and that hypnotist is making them like quack like a duck or bark like a dog. And in my style, it's, it's not about giving them suggestions to do something. It's not even making them do anything really. It's more about like unraveling what's going on in their subconscious mind that's interfering with their ability to do what it is that they want to do. Because I think I'm a huge advocate for traditional talk therapy. I think it's really beneficial to explore and navigate how like your past influences your behaviors now to develop some awareness about that. But for me on a personal level, I had done like a, a decade of therapy um, and I could, and that was hugely beneficial for me, but I felt like I reached a plateau where like intellectually on a logical level, I could get why I was doing certain things because of my past, my childhood, my parents, my upbringing, but it wouldn't like stop me from sabotaging myself and my behaviors and my actions and my patterns were still the same. Like I would still date a certain type of person and it wouldn't always end up well. So it, it, I had to explore different avenues like EMDR and hypnotherapy was one of those tools that really helped me kind of unravel it more on an emotional level and heal on an emotional level, which kind of felt like it was going a bit deeper. So that way I was able to kind of move past it and um, work through those, those difficult uh, life situations that happened to me. So yeah, that's kind of like a starting point. I just threw out a lot of information. Do you have any questions for me, Donovan? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have a few. Um, mm -hmm. And also a caveat, which is that yeah. I have done some hypnosis, um, not for hypnotherapy, but for sort of the, I, I didn't, it would be called stage hypnosis, but it wasn't, yeah. you know, on a stage, on a stage right? I never yeah. made it that far. I never right. got that uh -huh. deep into it. But uh, I think maybe the first thing for us to tackle is sort of some of the um, misconceptions or confusion, confusion or, or like the skeptical position, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, and, and I'll just tell a story, which is I went to a hypnotist show and mm -hmm. I watched the show and, you know, they, if, if people haven't seen one before, they, they kind of just, uh, do a couple things to get people relaxed and then sort of pick and choose out of the audience who seems to be hypnotized and then have people do certain stuff. I went to a show mm -hmm. like that and having studied psych and being interested in psych, I was like, wow, that's absolutely fake. Like, this is ridiculous. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, -huh. uh but I'm curious what's going on. So I read uh, mm -hmm. one book, one, that's it. I read one book and it also had like, here's how you hypnotize someone. And I was like, 
okay, here's how you hypnotize someone. This is super legit. Uh, I tried it on my sister and it worked within like two minutes and she was completely like deep in a trance. Um, And I was, uh, you know, once I saw it and, and I knew her and I knew like, oh, she's acting like very different from how she normally does. Like this trance state is something like, yeah. I don't know exactly the mechanics behind it. And, you know, I've read up on it and maybe we can talk about it more, but the way I got into hypnosis and the way that I tried it was thinking that it was fake and then it worked. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a little bit of like kind of my background. And then, you know, I had some other experiences uh, built up on top of that. But I think the first thing that I wanted to tackle is, is sort of this skeptical position and go back to uh, what do you see as sort of the differences between um, stage hypnosis and uh, hypnosis for therapeutic purposes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not saying there's any like there's like stage hypnosis is bad or wrong. It's entertaining. It's fun. And maybe it can like, you know, I think people think of like the, the office space like situation where you just like wakes up happy. And I'm like, that was a situation that'd be great. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't trained in that. So I, I, you know, I think maybe there's value there. Well, how I was trained and how I practice is, is the, the therapeutic modality where it's not really offering even suggestions or not even like telling them like how they should feel like, oh yeah, you're going to wake up magically happy. That'd be great, but that's not what I do. Um, maybe there's some hypnotist that can, can do that, but kind of what, what I do is actually kind of get them in a nice relaxed state. It's kind of like a guided meditation first. And then I actually am conversing with them over their areas of concern, really exploring what's going on in their subconscious mind that interferes with them doing what it is that they want to do. Cause for me as a naturopathic doctor, I'm, I'm doing a lot of like helping people with their nutrition and their lifestyle plan and meditate and do like a lot of building healthy habits which is hard for a lot of people. So what, when they don't get results is because they, they haven't really stuck with the plan or they're, they're not doing consistently enough to really see the results. And so I like hypnotherapy as another tool in my toolbox, because it's like giving them the motivation and confidence to actually like do the things that I'm recommending for them. So it kind of like goes in hand and hand and really be able to kind of go, go deeper on an emotional level. And it's really me asking a lot of questions and kind of like pulling at a, like a thread on a sweater and kind of unraveling. And it's very organic. And there's a lot of imagery, um, that can be really healing. Uh, some, some examples I, I, I utilize it for, for, I mean, I talked about like motivation and confidence is huge. Um, giving them motivation to do the things that they know that they need to be doing. But another thing is like dealing with inner conflicts, because sometimes there's like a part of us that really wants to eat cupcakes. And then there's a part of us that wants to be healthy. And so it's like dealing with that inner conflict sometimes can be beneficial or having them imagine their most ideal self and stepping into that. And so they are being that. Another one example is like, um, you know, if there's past trauma or childhood wounds, having them kind of like go back into their childhood and kind of support and have compassion and love for that child that that child didn't receive back then can kind of be like a healing practice in itself. So it's healing childhood wounds. It's unraveling um, what's, what are those mental emotional blocks? It can also be for helping people make decisions when they're having like inner conflict or doubt. 
So, so those are some of the benefits. So I'm not giving people like, yeah, you feel happy. You feel amazing. And you wake up magical. <laughs> Life is great. Uh, how I practice generally every they're fully they're 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 conscious, but they're also kind of unraveling what's in the, the subconscious in a way. So they are going to remember everything that's said and done in the session. But um, and they're in control the whole time. I can't make you say or do anything that you don't want to do, like especially if it goes against your morality, because I can't like and it's not mind control <laughs> in my mind. It's more about just kind of like talking to you while you're in a relaxed state and just seeing what unfolds, because when you're in a relaxed state, you're kind of have like your your intellectual guard a little bit down so you can kind of be more more in your emotions and be more expressive in that way. And so that's kind of how I see it healing and much different than the traditional stage hypnosis. Although just a caveat though, there is like, I think there are some benefits to like that type of hypnosis or style. Like one of my meditation practices that I teach people is called autogenic training, which is kind of like self-hypnosis, but it's more of like, oh, my hand is heavy and warm. My hand is heavy and warm. And it's like auto-suggestion. And then your hand gets actually heavy and warm because you've kind of like repeated in your mind, it actually starts to get warm in that sense. So there's some benefits to that, but it's, again, it's not the, the focus generally on when I'm working with people. Yeah, that maps pretty well onto sort of uh, some of the experience and background that I've had. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of look at the hypnotic state as like a, a, a state of heightened focus which which mm -hmm. makes it overlap with meditation quite a bit because mm -hmm. that's basically what meditation is is clearing your mind for something um so there's a lot of overlap there and feel free to jump in uh if you disagree with anything i, I say in the next couple sentences but uh, on top of that there there tends to be like a heightened state of um openness or suggestibility mm -hmm. um depending on what what the context is right you you said mm -hmm. in in that context you're not really suggesting anything in particular but you might be right you might be if they're having trouble adhering to a particular plan mm -hmm. or whatnot so uh right. i didn't brush up on my uh science i probably should have before i came into this conversation but if if i recall um what happens when you're in a trance state is parts like the brain activity actually changes that's for sure mm -hmm. um i believe it's parts of your prefrontal cortex start slowing down and having less activation so mm -hmm. that basically means you're not like filtering things as much or like focused as much on uh kind of the like logical piece like you were talking about before now the mechanisms for how that happens i don't think are clear um mm -hmm. but there is evidence and research that shows that your brain is actually in a different state during this mm -hmm. this piece and the reason i want to bring that up is just because like like i said i got into it because i was so skeptical i was like this is not real yeah uh, anyway back to ground down again um so yeah, that, that maps onto kind of what I've seen is uh, you, you get into sort of this state where you're really focused and more open to things. Mm -hmm. And for stage hypnosis, uh, you kind of can pick and choose from people who are the most likely to go into trance mm -hmm. and then have them do silly things because mm -hmm. uh, their, their prefrontal cortex, that part that's filtering for like, is this real or not? Should I do this or not do this is, mm -hmm. is really inhibited. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Um, other people that I tried to hypnotize, and maybe you've had this, the same experience, um, typically went into like a lower trance state, which is to say just like relaxed, open, and able mm -hmm. to focus on whatever the specific thing is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's different than just trying to talk through 
uh, you know, like typical talk therapy type of stuff, because right. you are making sure that your baseline is very, very relaxed. And then you're removing all this other stuff. Like when mm-hmm. I've had therapy sessions, when I go to therapy, a lot of times it's a million things going on in my head at once and I'm trying to focus, but I can't really, because I'm like, Oh, this isn't good, but I love this, but not this, but this, right. Like it's just huge, just dump of everything in my brain, as opposed to the times that I have done. Again, I haven't done hypnotherapy, but I've kind of done, uh, I've done guided like hypnotherapy, not with someone, but like with a recording, Mm -hmm. um, same sort of thing. Like it's much easier to tap into, okay, here's the one really specific thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And on a completely different note, I wanted to get your take on sort of the, the differences or overlap between a couple different things. So one is meditation, one is hypnosis. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard you mention sort of like a visualization type piece. Mm-hmm. Um, also repetitions. So sort of this like mantras type of deal. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious how you see these different like pieces coming together or pulling apart or what what the whole mesh looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when it's, it's different when like, yeah, you could do like some self-hypnosis more. I, I, I kind of pair that with like meditation in a way it's like, yeah, maybe you're repeating like a mantra phrase to yourself or it's like, you know, sometimes I do that, like, oh, you are whole and complete. You are lovable. You are worthy. And that starts to like actually shift your, 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 your mental emotional state to being a little more positive versus like when you're working with a practitioner, like one-on-one in a therapeutic setting, it's not necessarily about those suggestions, at least again, how I practice might be different. It's really just kind of like, it's almost like all the answers are coming from them. I'm not I'm like, just like pulling it out of them. And then sometimes they come up with a powerful phrase for themselves that might be like, I'm not going to give them a suggestion. I don't know what's going on in their brain. So it's just me like asking questions and exploring that in a, in a subconscious or just kind of unraveling it in a more relaxed way. And I, I wanted to comment back on what you said about like being skeptical. Cause yeah, I get a plenty of skeptical people. And I also want to kind of comment back on like the varying levels of trans state, because that does vary for people. Cause I think it's like, I think, I'd say 95% of the people are able to get into a trans state when they're working with me, but the degree of how relaxed they are varies. Um, the, the, like maybe the 5% that, that struggle really hard with it are probably people with like post-traumatic stress disorder where they're just like, they cannot relax. And, and so if that's the case, I tend to do like biofeedback training, which is like a relaxation training program for them to like learn to train their body to relax first, and then they can get more benefit of the hypnotherapy. Um, but I, I get like, there's the skepticism. What I say is like, yeah, everyone has different degrees of relaxation, but usually people can still relax to even a small degree and still get benefit out of it. As long as they continue to, to talk, because it is a little more focused, like in hypnotherapy, my hypnotherapy voice is a lot slower, <laughs> like talking really slow. And it kind of just slows their brain down and they can process and it just like focus on the thing that I'm asking. And, um, as far as like the visualizations goes, you know, usually my starting point is like having them visualize a safe space for them. And it's whatever they want to create. Maybe it's a beach, maybe it's a forest, maybe it's like a waterfall. Um, maybe it's like an empty room for some people. I've had that where it's just like an empty room, as long as they feel safe and comfortable, that's what matters. And then sometimes if I, you know, depending on the situation, I might have them visualize like, 
oh, is there anything particular in this room that stands out for you? Like go to it and like observe it in more detail. And I'm having them like describe it in such detail and that it, it is meditative in a way because it's like having them focus and describe and be present in the moment, which is kind of like a meditative practice in itself. It's just like being there in the moment. So it kind of just stops their brains from being distracted from all these things. And sometimes their, their brain still might be busy with like thoughts coming in and out, but generally since I'm guiding them um, very clearly and giving them questions, they're, they're able to like focus on what's being said and answer accordingly. Um, so, so those are some of the things. It doesn't matter if you're skeptical, it still can benefit from you. Um, but I think the bigger thing that I see is um, probably like fear of like trying it. I think there's like a fear of like, oh, you're going to like control my brain or I'm going to lose, um, like you're going to make me do something I don't want to do or something's going to, and it's just like, you're in control the whole time. I can't make you say or do anything you don't want to do. And the thing is, is like, if you do it, there might be points where it is uncomfortable because we're maybe exploring your past childhood. I don't usually do childhood stuff right away. Usually we kind of like ease into it um, with a few other types of sessions first, and then we go into it. But with the hypnotherapy, usually I'd say 90% of people probably feel good after even one session. Like they feel more relaxed. They feel more positive. They feel motivated. But I say like, again, based on how, how deeply they were able to relax and get into a quote unquote trans state depends on how long those feelings will last. So like for some people, maybe that lasts just like a day or two for other people, maybe that lasts a couple of weeks where they're feeling like good and positive and motivated. But, you know, I'd say like, it's important to have like reoccurring sessions. I'd say, you know, most people, it's not one of those things. And there's studies that show instead of doing like weekly therapy sessions for a year, it's not generally like a one and done type of thing. Usually, although I have helped people resolve their fear of flying with the two sessions, but generally to kind of sustain those positive feelings takes multiple sessions until it kind of becomes a way of being. So I typically recommend like a session every week or two for just a few months. It's not like a year. And they, there's studies that show like six sessions of hypnotherapy could be almost as equivalent to like a year of therapy, of traditional talk therapy, because it kind of is interacting in a different way. And so kind of back to my point of like, yeah, to sustain those feelings, each time you do a session, the, the positive feelings typically last a bit longer because you've been able to relax a little bit deeper each time you go. It's kind of like, you know, you're not always fantastic and great at meditation right off the bat, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Same principles apply to hypnotherapy. We're training in your brain to kind of get more relaxed. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, the, the longer the effects last um, usually, but it, it takes time. It takes some, some work, but generally I think it does why I like hypnotherapy um, as one of my go-to tools is just because I, I feel like it works pretty quickly and effectively. You know, most people are doing it within like two to six months with me and then they're good and, unless something major, major comes up in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That again, maps onto sort of what I've experienced. Again, my, my uh, experience with it was a little bit more offhand and random as opposed to a structured type of therapy I was trying to provide people. But um, one of the things I want to touch on is like the number of sessions, like, like you were saying, I've a hundred percent seen that. Um, yeah. I had a couple friends as I was kind of dabbling with it who were really interested and, and, um, you know, they, they were probably like somewhere in the middle in terms of ability to get into a trance. 
or to be hypnotized. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it took between like three and five times before they were able to really get into it and, and feel kind of like the full relaxation or, or at least what I was expecting or seeing from some of the other people that I uh, mm-hmm. did it with who were very um, easy to hypnotize. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to touch on was like going back to kind of this like is it mind control or like what are you going to make me do thing um i think it's really important to highlight that something you mentioned earlier which is in in a hypnotic state you won't do anything that goes against your moral code even in even in a very deep trance um in one of the books i was reading there was a, a hypnotist who used to put on shows and you know when you can pick from hundreds of people you can get people who go into a very deep uh hypnotic state yeah um so he would do do the show and and to prove that particular point out he would tell them something like uh i don't know there's like a knife or something and they'd be like okay i want you to stab me and the person would like pick it up and walk towards them and then just you know stop near them Mm -hmm. and just to prove like hey you're not going to do anything outside your morals i think it's a little crazy because what if you got like a serial killer that you hypnotize and say, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with this. <laughs> but, uh, the other thing I wanted to to mention is um, there was a couple people that I, you know, as I was doing it kind of experimentally or whatever, that uh, they had a very standoffish attitude mm-hmm. of like, this isn't going to work and I know it's not going to work and I'm not going to try, but I want you to do it anyway. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, not gonna work if you're not open to it because right. the 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 underlying basis is being able to get into a state of relaxation. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there like, in, in your mind repeatedly going like, I'm not gonna do this, this isn't gonna work, this is stupid, I hate this. Obviously, it's not gonna work. You're not going to relax. Right. So um I, I one last thing I wanted to throw out a, a story of mine. Um do you remember Ty Aller, one of our yeah. guests? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's one of the people that I, that I tried to hypnotize while I was <laughs> um, mm-hmm. kind of learning and messing around with it. And he had a, a skeptical attitude, but he was still open to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was the same uh, sort of progression where like we tried it once, didn't really do too much. Maybe he relaxed a little bit, but not like what you would think of as a trance. Second yeah. time, maybe a little bit more, but still really nothing going mm-hmm. on. The third time we did it though, um, you know, I was doing one of the, when you do like show hypnosis, you do kind of these different tests or stages or things to see how far in a trance someone is. And mm-hmm. so uh, I had done a few of them and they were going, he looked like he was in more of a hypnotic state than previous times. Mm-hmm. So I tried one of the ones, which is, um, you know, you're not going to be able to remember the number three, no matter how hard you try, you won't be able to remember it. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I had him wake up just like in like a normal hypnosis show and say like, yeah. okay, just go ahead and count to three. And it was so funny because it was like, you know, I had talked to him a bunch of previous times. Like, this doesn't really work. I don't think this is real. And this time he was like, one, two, four, one, two, one, two, two. And I was like, (laughs) and you know, and then there's this whole wind down process to like get people back into a relaxed state and wake them back up and all that. And, um, you know, he was telling me, he's like, it's so weird because in my head, I, I, you know, I was still like conscious and, and aware. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like three, I'm just going to say three. Cause this isn't, this isn't like real and it's mm-hmm. fake and it's stupid. And then I couldn't, yeah, and I just couldn't. Um, <laughs> and the reason I bring up that story is because it took, uh, three tries to get even to, you know, that level of, of trance of like 
relaxation and whatnot. And again, I was doing some silly things and whatnot, but the more important point is if you're doing it for kind of like therapeutic purposes to give it a few tries, like you were saying with, mm-hmm. with like meditation, a lot of people um, that I, that I met have tried it exactly one time and hated it. Yeah. And you know, it's just like with anything that you try really, like you can't, you can't just eat one apple and then be like, I ate healthy and didn't work. So whatever, like I give up. But yeah, so uh, I just really wanted to highlight basically some of the things you said um, and reiterate that from my experience, it's the exact same thing. Like multiple sessions do make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only going to work if you're open to it and, and willing to relax. And it's not like, you're not, completely disconnected it's not like mind control it's not like you're 100 yeah. percent absent um depending on how deep you get into it you may or may not remember everything mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty clearly uh shown that you're not going to act out of line with your morals you may act out of character a little bit in terms of being more willing to do silly things mm-hmm. but not to do things that that violate what you think is right and wrong right yeah yeah. And in a, a therapeutic setting, I'm not trying to make silly things <laughs> generally, although I'm like curious because I, I, I actually haven't been trained on in-stage hypnosis and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to like experiment because <laughs> I, I've only been trained in like therapeutic hyp- hypnotherapy. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder what that would be like, because it would be kind of cool to just be like, oh, wake up happy, like office space <laughs> kind of a thing. Maybe that would be a, a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, it definitely takes like multiple sessions and the, the more you do it, the easier it gets for sure. Mm. There's another thing that I, that I just thought of. Um, Mm -hmm. but one of the other things that's, that's very important for having success in being hypnotized. And I imagine it's the same for hypnotherapy is having good rapport with the person you're doing it with. Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, a a big piece of it is, you know, again, it's going into this relaxed state and it needs to be someone who you uh, see the only word I can think of is as an authority figure, but not, not in the sense of like, they're in charge of you, but uh, they're competent, competent, someone that you feel safe around and someone that you're willing to listen to, um, and be open to. Again, I'm looking at it from the show side. Yeah, go ahead. The word that comes to my mind, like what's really key and critical is like trust in the practitioner is really important for them to open up. And that's why I don't generally like on the first session, go right into like deep childhood wound. <laughs> it's like really heavy stuff for some people. So it's like, okay, let's start off lighter. Let's build some trust. Let's just do some, some like gentle, lighter visualizations, like safe space. And even then sometimes, you know, I think it, it, it is having people feel a little more vulnerable, I think. And maybe that's part of the fear um, in that, yeah, yeah, it's more emotional, emotional emotions can be uncomfortable for some people, you know, it's actually very common for people to like cry in a session with me because it's like they're, they're opening and they've, they've been like kind of suppressing some emotions and sometimes that can open it up and that's scary for people. Um, but you know, if, if at any time they feel uncomfortable, like we're, we're going down a path and we're starting to like peel back the layers of something that happened to them in the childhood that was traumatic. You know, I, I always like preface it. Like, you know, if you don't feel safe or comfortable at any time, just tell me and we can redirect it and go down a different path where you do feel safe. But, you know, sometimes they're, they're, they're ready to go. I think I, I have them kind of like trust their own intuition on if they feel ready or not to go there. And if they do, 
we'll go there. If not, that's totally okay. We can go down a different avenue. So it, it is really key and critical for people to feel safe and, and, and it's like, I, I was about to say safe and comfortable. It's like comfortable, but there's also discomfort. So it's like trust. They have to have trust that, you know, that the practitioner is not gonna, you know, have ill will or, or, you know, try to steer them and push them too hard into like the emotions if they're not ready. Um, I think that's important, but yeah, knowing like, yeah, sometimes it can be uncomfortable when you're uncovering and unraveling those emotions, but part of that is working through the emotion to process it. So you can heal and move, move on is part of that healing work. Yeah. And I think that's really important to highlight for anyone who's considering trying it or has already tried it maybe once or a, a handful of times, but with someone who they didn't quite click with, you know, just the same as like a normal yeah. therapy relationship, oh. a, a traditional therapy relationship, you need to mm-hmm. find someone that you feel very comfortable with mm-hmm. and that you're able to share with and open up with. Uh, because if you don't, you're not going to just get to, to the right level. You're not going to be calm enough. You're not going to be open enough to mm-hmm. explore some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so setting, setting that foundation, that baseline of trust uh, is really important. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, it's not necessarily for, for everyone. I say it benefits a lot of people, um, the majority of people, but you know, if it's not the right tool for you, maybe, maybe that is just traditional talk therapy. Maybe that is like a different type of therapy, like EMDR. There's a lot of various tools out there and it's, it's finding the one that works best for you. But again, I've been doing this for well over a decade and it seems to work pretty well. So it's one of my go-tos, but it's, it's not my only tool. Obviously I have a lot, a lot of different things. Um, and the other, I just remembered another question that I get a lot is, um, since I'm, I have a completely virtual practice now, I'm only doing hypnotherapy virtually <laughs> like zoom and people are like, that, that seems weird. They're, they're like much more resistant to doing like a, a telehealth type of visit versus like, um, um, even though they'll do like teletherapy, um, cause with the pandemic and everything, but it, it, as far, as long as there's no like, um, technical glitches, like our internet freezes, which know happens once in a blue moon (laughs) not too frequently um yeah work seems to work just as effectively um surprisingly and i've been doing it for a couple years now Mm -hmm. interesting yeah Yeah. i would have to i mean obviously i haven't even done it in a number of years but i would have to revisit what what the way that i learned to do it because a lot of the pieces involved physical touch of some sort oh Um, interesting but but then again, for the the more showy type stuff, mm-hmm. it is a lot more. Um, you need to see where people are at in in, in their physical state, right? Yeah. Because well, you, you need, need to see if people. Are... It helps yeah. to see their face, which I can do on Zoom. Um, although I have done it over the phone, but I I much prefer to do it over um, Zoom where I can see their face. Um, yeah, and sometimes if they're like lying down in their bed which sometimes it's nice because they can be like, oh, I'm so comfortable in my bed and they can lie down. I'm like, just point the camera so I can see you <laughs> and see what your facial expressions are. Yeah, that that helps. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, for therapy, hypnotherapy, you're not going to be doing anything physical, really, I imagine. Yeah. But yeah. in the showy stuff, in the show yeah. stuff, it's, it's all the time you're having people <laughs> yeah. like, you need to have more of a physical presence to be like, 
is this person in enough of a trance to dance like a chicken right now? Nope, I don't think so. So let's try some deepening techniques and whatnot. So (laughs) yeah, uh, it's just interesting to me because when you first said that, I was like, how would I hypnotize? Oh, well, it's a totally different space and a totally different intention and a totally different uh, intended outcome. Mm. I would be, I mean, I'm open to letting you do some stage hypnosis on me if you want to pull out your book and and dust off dust it off and experiment with (laughs) your skills because I don't know if I've ever even had the well I've had like not necessarily stage hypnosis but I remember when I was um doing my training to do hypnotherapy I remember one of the visualizations she had us do was like we she had us all like close our eyes and just like imagine like a lemon in your mouth and you're like she was just like describing it in such details and you like start to like feel the sourness in your mouth and I was like oh your brain is a really powerful thing (laughs) yeah so who knows (laughs) yeah yeah I I have been hypnotized at what I would say is probably a light level Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really interesting because it was after I had already started um, doing some of the stuff. Like I, I tried it at that first show I went to, but not really because I was doing exactly the thing that I said, we'll make sure it doesn't work, which I was like, this is not going to work. This is relaxing. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But after that, I tried it at at another show and it was really interesting because I could sort of feel, I don't even know how to explain it. Like a boundary kind of eroding, like Mm-hmm. me slipping from like oh i'm totally conscious aware everything 100 to like oh i'm getting like so relaxed and like oh this this person up on the stage is saying to like do this thing like oh that's silly but maybe i'll just do it anyway and then I'll, and <laughs> yeah. then i freaked out and uh, <laughs> like, went back to my default of just like nope 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 and instead of fake i was just like i don't want to do this like i'm yeah. not willing to be uh in any deeper of a trance than this but it was it was interesting just coming from such a skeptical place. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm still blown away that the reason I learned it is because like, this is not fake. And I would be curious to know what this just like social phenomenon is like, what, how does this work? Uh, only to have it work and then find out that things in your brain are actually changing and whatnot. It's not just a, a social like pressure phenomena. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you make a really good point for, for people that are skeptical. I think it's, it's healthy to have a little bit of skepticism. Um, but just like, but you, you had an open mind you were like, okay, well, I'm just gonna really, you know, people have these skepticism about things that they don't know enough about, but you, you did the, the research to be like, okay, let's look into this to see if it's like, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And sometimes it works for people and sometimes it doesn't like a lot of people, um, they described to me, sometimes they don't even realize they're in a trance state until after they come out of it. And they're like, oh, I, I notice like, I feel different. Like I, I feel like, like way lighter when I come out or, or they feel like deep and heavy when they're in it. And then they're like lighter. And it's so like a weird trip, even though when they're in it, they don't, they're like, I just feel like I normally feel, I feel like nothing's really happening or kind of a thing. And, but they're talking and they're still getting the therapeutic value. And then they, they come out of it and they're relaxed. And then, and then I had other people that just describe it like a massage for your, your brain kind of a thing. Cause it is really <laughs> relaxing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the biggest pieces that sticks with me, cause like, again, I've experienced it, like what you're saying, right. I've experienced yeah. like, Oh, this is sort of a different state and it's kind of weird. And then I came out of it and I was like, felt different and, mm-hmm. um, 
it gives me some comfort or reduces my skepticism knowing that there are changes in the brain, even if the mechanisms are not clear. And mm-hmm. that's something that, that, that tripped me up for a long time is I was like, how can this be real mm-hmm. if we don't know how it's working? Mm-hmm. But um, even saying it out loud, like I never really said it out loud, but even saying it out loud, like that's ridiculous. Like it's clear yeah. all kinds of things work that I don't know how they work. So like, <laughs> just <laughs> because the, the mechanisms behind it aren't clear doesn't mean that the, the outcomes and changes aren't, you know, things mm-hmm. that are actually happening. Um, if I applied that to everything in my life, I would use very few things. Like my car wouldn't be able to drive because I don't know how my car works. I just oh, know it works. I don't understand how a plane works, but <laughs> but uh, it somehow does get in the air and gets us to really far places, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I, yeah, I think that um, really summarizes all that I needed to share about hypnotherapy for those that were skeptical or 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 fearful or anything, kind of wanting to know a little bit more. But uh, yeah, do you have any other questions, Donovan? Nope. That, that's pretty much covers everything that, that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tool worth trying Yeah. if you're trying things. Right. Um, I've been blown away, like in my experience, how easy it was for some people and how useful it was. Like even, even the, even the showy stuff, like people yeah. would come out of it feeling great and awesome and super relaxed yeah. and chill. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm sure if it's actually guided toward, uh, a more fruitful or useful outcome other than in- entertainment, that's only amplified, but on the flip side, you know, there was other people, yeah. other friends that I had that I tried like 10 times and it just mm. didn't click for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they still got kind of like the benefit of just relaxing for a little bit, yeah, but nothing, that's, that's none of those like deeper too. states. Right. Still awesome. So it's worth yeah. trying. Um, but it does have been hit or miss results just depending mm-hmm. on who people are. Right. Right. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So give it a shot. If you're interested and want to learn more, feel free to send me a message and check out our links below. (laughs) You can figure out how to contact me if you'd like. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch Catch you next time. time.